0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It is uh, me, Todd Hurst, and this is music from the couch. And after quite a long layoff, I'm back. We're back. Uh, Thank you so much for your patience and uh, waiting for the next episode and upcoming episodes. It's been a crazy summer uh, since we last met with our last guest, Ryan Rudd. and, uh, And I appreciate the patience. So here we are. We're back. It is summertime in minnesota and hopefully summertime wherever you are so uh thank you for tuning in i'm sure you've got a lot of shit going on right now but it's another episode where i am speaking with the talented the beautiful the lovely the just oh god what a ray of sunshine uh leslie vincent local jazz artist more than that though uh she is amazing we had a fantastic conversation which you're going to hear here shortly And uh, we just had an absolute blast just uh, chit-chatting about jazz music and what jazz is to other people, what it means to her, how she started in jazz, where everything comes from. And uh, I feel like you're going to learn so much. And also, you're going to uh, understand why I could not wait to get Leslie on the podcast. Uh, We've been trying for a while to uh, figure out an episode or a date that works and we finally got it figured out and uh, and it was great and I'm, I'm excited for you all to hear it and I hope that uh, you'll tune in and uh, listen and Leslie's got a, a release show coming up here on July 22nd which is not too far away at Crooners in Minneapolis for all you locals listening uh, and her album is available for pre-order now I believe I saw that she has already started Mailing out the CD versions. Uh, she's also starting to mail out the vinyl versions, which of course I picked up right away. Uh, and and so, you know, enjoy the episode, learn a little bit about jazz. Go check all of Leslie's music out. Uh, YouTube, her Instagram, and of course buy her new album. Uh, and we're gonna start things off with her song "No Moon at All." You get a little sample of that. Listen to the episode. Stick around for her full song of psychedelics with you which is fucking phenomenal anyways it's time for music from the couch let's do it right here we go
1: no moon at all what a night even lightning bugs have dimmed their light stars have disappeared from sight and there's no moon at all make a sound, it's so dark, even Pato is afraid to bark, what a perfect chance to park, and there's no moon at all, should we want atmosphere, for inspiration dear, my inner fear no moon at all up above this is nothing like they told us of kind of think we fell in love and there's no moon at all
0: all right welcome back to another episode of music from the couch it's me todd hurst and uh and back after a bit of a break but here we are It is uh, it's a new month and summer is upon us. And what a better way to start off uh, the summer than a conversation with uh, someone whom I hope you all know about. And if you don't, you're going to. And uh, you can thank me for it later. Uh, Minnesota resident, singer, songwriter. And just when you listen to her music, it's going to make you so happy. Because if you don't love jazz already, you will now. Uh, I believe I, I, you know, just some of the descriptions that I have read uh, about my guest are they're delightful and they're spot on uh, jazz singer, songwriter, amazing musical personality, Leslie Vincent. Good morning.
2: Hi. <laughs> good morning. Good
0: afternoon or good afternoon. I don't know. Should we let the you know, do we really want to let the people know in on our secrets? Yes, it is Sunday morning.
2: <laughs> I think people love knowing that kind of stuff.
0: Right, exactly. That way they, they're kind of like, okay, this is this is a real thing, you know? It's like mm-hmm. these these folks here, they woke up and uh
2: they're sipping their coffee, just they, chatting yeah, they, about music.
0: <laughs> they loaded their bodies up with coffee and and you know, the, the morning hair is present for me. Um, yeah, so exactly. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. It's an odd Sunday morning though. I mean, we can really give it away by the fact that it's, I'm looking at my computer says it's 56 degrees outside.
2: It is. It is a weird Sunday morning.
0: Yeah. So, you know, welcome, welcome to Minnesota. So Leslie, thank you so much for joining. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand that uh, it's taken us a bit to get this scheduled. We both have crazy, crazy schedules. Mm-hmm. Life happens. Um, I think we've been chatting now to try and get something on the books for probably a month or two months. Um, and here finally we are. So my first question is, you know, I know that uh, as summer starts and you've been busy and we'll get into a little bit of that later, but, you know, kind of what have you been up to? Um, yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to musically uh, that's kept you busy? You, you see in the background here, a little human,
2: a little human, um, a lot's keeping me busy. So I spent this year recording a new album, finished that up around April. And now this summer, I'm just gigging all the time, uh, kicked off the Edina Centennial wakes uh, farmer's market, uh, playing some jazz down there. And just every weekend, I'm somewhere playing some kind of music. Feels like every venue wants live music right now. And so I just booked and and trying to keep up with it all and uh enjoying playing outside as much as possible. I love playing outside. So uh yeah, yeah, just just doing all that.
0: Just staying busy and, and promoting the album, of course.
2: Yeah, staying busy, doing press for the album. Um I'm I never stop, so I'm also like starting to write songs for a new album okay. um, and just kind of brainstorming some future projects and um, dreaming, dreaming some big dreams.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So what is, um, well, let's talk about the album first. So it's coming out July 22nd about <laughs> last night um, and you've got a big release show coming up. But as we think of the, the album um, you know, you said you've been working on it for a bit. You wrapped it up in April what uh like if you had to describe it in five words or something you know like what tell us about it like what what
2: can we expect yeah it's uh so it's a blend of jazz standards and original tunes and the conceit of the album is the course of a night so starting with some more raucous energy and then really delving into how um just the deeper emotionality of, of the night. So this is way more than five words, but I'm going to keep going. That's all right. Um, but just the, the, the joy and ecstasy that can happen, you know, in an evening party, but also like bittersweet, nostalgia, loss, kind of that 3am cup of coffee where you're, you're really grappling with something and then taking it to some even weirder places where um you're not really sure like what's, reality and what's a dream just playing with those emotions and those vibes um and then ending with um when i worked on it with my pianist the arrangement idea that we that we that we resonated that resonated with us the most was this idea of a sun a sunrise so this idea of after this night you know there's that peaceful like rise of the sun and just knowing everything's going to be okay at least for you know, the next twelve hours till night comes again. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're just like the roller coaster of a night.
0: I love that. That wow. is that's exciting. So that is coming out uh, as I mentioned. I'll mention it again. It's coming out here in July, July twenty second. You have your album release show. Yeah. Um, I want to dig into the album, and then we'll dig into what we can expect at the album release show. Because you made a great statement. You you just stated it's jazz standards plus originals. Uh And, um, I'm going to admit that a lot of people listening to this are probably like jazz. I don't listen to jazz. Um, and, you know, a lot of people I know don't really listen to jazz. Okay. Sorry. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and so. When you mentioned jazz standards plus originals, can you just explain that kind of, you know, bring it down to, to explain what you mean by that for folks listening that, that maybe, you know, they're like, I like, I like jazz. I've heard jazz, uh, but I never really dug into it.
2: Sure, sure, sure. OK, so we'll start with the originals because that's pretty easy. Um, that's right. I wrote I wrote some songs. So those <laughs> songs are on that album. Check. Check. <laughs> standards. OK, so, you know i get i get this comment a lot that people don't like jazz and i'm on a mission to to say like you know it's kind of like saying you don't like the beatles because there's probably a section of beatles music that's for you maybe you just Mm -hmm. haven't dug in enough um because jazz is you know we we think about it in this very condensed term but it actually lasted like well i mean it's still going right i'm we're still Mm -hmm. writing original songs so um it's been around for like a hundred plus years. So there's a lot in there to dig into. Um, so when we talk about standards, oh gosh, I, you know, (laughs) I'm probably not the most educated person to talk about this, but essentially there's this idea that, um, you know, when, when jazz was written, there's these, these vocal songs that we call standards. They're also called the great American songbook. Um, so they're tunes that, you know, whereas today when Kesha releases a song, it's a Kesha song. These songs were written and and different artists recorded them, right? So when you think of Frank Sinatra, you know, that same song might've been recorded by Billie Holiday or Betty Carter Mm -hmm. or Nancy Wilson. Um, and so what's fun about standards is that we're not so locked into a song. We, we have a, a basis, um, but we can really explore it. So, um, Each of the songs are arranged by someone on the album. Um, So giving them my own, my own flair, my own vibe. So a good example, um, No Moon at All is a very old standard uh, jazz piece. That's uh, I I would say most, most notably recorded by Julie London. But when I wanted to do it, I wanted it to be a little eerie. The songs always struck me as kind of, Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of eerie there's the whole idea is that there's no moon and we're out you know we're we're parked in the car and we're making out and there's no moon right so I went to my bassist friend and I said you know I, I want to do this song I want it to be bass forward so I want the upright bass to be prominently featured and I wanted to have a little bit of a serial killer vibe what could that sound like and so we <laughs> workshopped that sound right so it's not it's not like alfred hitchcock creepy but it sure. has more of a menacing undertone which is something i really wanted to play with so okay. that's the beauty of standards and that's why i'm so drawn to this genre because you can say here's my perspective on the song here's how i and even there's songs that i've recorded in the past that i i already have a different feeling about and i i perform them in a different way because mm-hmm. they're that open to interpretation even day to day you know when i when I perform. I might call a tune um, slower because I'm feeling more romantic that day. And I really want to draw that out. And other times maybe I'm feeling the crowd wants to swing more. So I'll call it faster. Um, And you can do that. Right. Whereas if you take, you know, a a rock song or a pop song, you're pretty, you're pretty much locked into how people Mm -hmm. hear it. You can, you can rearrange it, but it doesn't have that flexibility that that jazz really lends itself to. And, um, and so I'm always just trying to get people to, to take a chance on it. Like just, you know, it's not scary. Um, I like to tell I'm really going on a tangent now, but I always like, to. Say, no, I love it. I tell people at my shows, you know, there's this, in some of the clubs where I play, there's this very like stiff, um, uh, very polite response. Everyone's just like very quiet and then after everyone's hmm. solos, there's clapping, and that's so lovely. Um, but I really love for an audience to get involved. So okay. I, I like to encourage people, you know, when they hear a sound they like, they can respond to it. You know, when I'm on stage, I might hear my piano player do a little lick, and I'll just snap, or I'll clap, or I'll just holler. And I always say, you don't need a degree in jazz to know. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need to know why you liked that sound. That doesn't matter. Who cares? just allow yourself to enjoy the sounds and
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's really fun to see people get like relax and get into it. Um, and I'm, I hope that encourages them to seek out more jazz that it's, it's interactive. It's fun. You know, it started as party music. It started as black music, your yeah. music. And, you know, we, I, I, I love to see that come back into it. Um, more just more of that engagement with it.
0: This is becoming a master class. I'm so and
2: sorry. I
0: love it though. No, I absolutely love it because um so I was telling I was telling my partner uh before I, I jumped on here, because her and I love we just we love jazz. I mean it's, it's it's pretty much always on at the house, either in the background or uh as we're sitting around like having dinner or having a glass of wine or whatever. And it's been like that. Um, I think we we both kind of figured that out about each other uh, pretty soon after we started dating. Uh, so years now, and we're try- like, I'm even trying to get my kids to just listen to it, because because it, to your point, it's there's varying sounds, and you might not know what it is about the sound that you like, but you like it, and it just hits your ear, and you're like, oh, that makes me relaxed, or you know, that just kind of uh, helps me be productive i mean when i need to really calm down it's like jazz is on and mm-hmm. it helps me focus because it's just it's you can uh what i like what you're doing with with your album is you can tell that story all over you know a night or a day or a week or something like that or or an hour whatever it may be so um i love the way you describe it and how you view it and I think everyone should view that. Everyone has to listen to they should should be required listening at least once a week some jazz album.
2: And there's so much there's so much out there for different moods, right? Like
3: Yeah. There's so much absolutely. emotionality
2: like, that's built in and um Yeah, I love it. I wish I could curate jazz for everybody.
3: <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, I I um I played with a drummer who once told me, you know, everything comes from jazz. And I'm like, no, come on. This is before I really got into it. He's he's actually the reason I started listening um, to more jazz. I'm sure my parents probably it was probably around me because, you know, maybe my grandparents or something like that. Or my parents had it, you know, getting playing in the background. You can remember that stuff. Um, But he said everything comes from it. And here's why. And he showed me on the drums and I was like okay this is interesting and he goes go listen to this album go listen to, some, listen to this album so um you know Miles Davis was one of the first artists that I listened to um and then as i mentioned you know i, I kind of dove into the, that a little bit but but for me with with that it's like you go and i think this goes back to the jazz standards now i'm starting to get off on a little bit of a a tangent but you like go on to Spotify um uh, and punch in you know miles davis and just create a station and you don't really know who you're listening to i for one kind of don't care i'm just like like every now and then I'll, I'll be able to pick out specifics but for most for the most part i'm just like just let it be great music and it is it's all great music jazz fusion i'm still learning I'm trying to figure it out but <laughs> i'll get there um, yeah So that's interesting, too, as we go back to the standards that you kind of, you know, it's it's the same song and it's how the song is, how you feel about the song. And you kind of mentioned I might call out something a little slower, something a little more moodier. Uh, You just don't see that in. Like you mentioned, like rock music or pop music or other genres where it it's not a standard, it becomes a cover. Mm hmm. And, and someone says, you know, oh, I, I, I'm going to slow this tempo down, but it doesn't necessarily change the meaning of the song. Whereas in jazz, to your point, you take one of those standards and you, you change it up a little bit and you've got a completely different, different mood, different song, different feeling. Yeah. Um, so it's a, just a great way to look at it. I mean, we, we really are, I think between you and I, we're going to spend the next, you know, half hour on the the jazz movement <laughs> it's it, it is though it's not i guess you know it is hugely popular still would you agree yeah i mean
2: and I, I just you know it's for me it is popular it's also the maybe i feel this because i put it out in the world but i just think you'd be surprised how many people say to my face that they hate jazz
3: mm-hmm. it,
2: it feels like you know if i met someone that play music, I would never say, oh, I hate that genre of music. It just seems like a weird flex. Um and I'm like, why do you feel like you can even say this about this genre? Yeah. Um, you know, not saying you can't feel it, but just seems brazen to say it to someone who has poured their heart and soul into making it. Yeah. Uh that's fine. But yeah, I just I like to um I was talking to someone the other day about this. You know, when I started, I had some some fans come along that weren't really into jazz at all and they they just came to see me play and um a subset of them were really into the 80s so every set i would just throw Mm. in an 80s tune to be like hey thanks for coming i appreciate your support um we're gonna take a we're gonna take a hard right turn yeah 80s (laughs) song real quick then we're gonna get back to business just to say like hey i appreciate you coming here's something for you Mm -hmm. um reason not even recently but in the past year we started doing norwegian wood um the Beatles song as a swing tune
3: yeah just to kind
2: of give that first of all i'm obsessed with that song so it's like okay we have to do this but just to give people some familiarity right if you've if the only jazz song you've ever heard is fly me to the moon here's another song that you know and um you're, and it's OK. It's OK if that's the only song you've ever heard. Like, yeah, come on in. I never, ever, ever want it to feel exclusive or, you know, oh, you don't know that. That's never the way to bring people in. So how mm-hmm. can I say, like, here's something accessible to you, um, you know, and here's something else that you might have liked. And, you know, there's so many pop artists who've done a great job of, of bringing jazz into their sound so that we have some more familiar tunes for people. Um, you know, you think of like Michael Buble and Nora Jones mm-hmm. and, you know, really helped keep some of these standards alive and in people's minds. So, yeah, I always just want to give them a shot of like, um, it's okay. It's okay. If you don't know, it doesn't, sure. that doesn't matter. Come on in anyways, you know, we can have fun and hopefully this inspires you to like dig into some more people.
0: Start getting lost in it. Yeah. I love that. So the, uh, album release show is coming up on the 22nd uh i've mentioned it so everyone you're aware of it now uh it is at uh kroner's crooners 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 all right it is is two, two, two o's uh so crooners on the 22nd tell us a little bit about that what uh tickets are available now what can we expect uh it sounds like it's gonna be a super fun night yeah uh i'm already uh reaching out to babysitters to get an idea of what we can do to potentially show up because uh, it sounds super fun. So tell us about it.
2: It's going to be super fun. So um, Fruners has an outdoor uh, venue called the Belvedere, which I love. I thought it would be perfect to do this nighttime album kind of under the stars, if you will, looking out on the lake. Um, so we'll go through the album. We'll play through it um, and do some of our other favorite uh standards that we do. I'm thinking about maybe a couple of covers to that point. Um, trying to think I'm still kind of like curating the end of the evening but definitely going through the album. Uh, but what I'm really excited about is uh, during the mixing process So when everything was recorded and we were just going going through the album and mixing it, um, I started to feel really lonely and I wanted to reach out to some collaborators. So I actually reached out to a bunch of visual artists in town and said, hey, weird idea for you. Curious if you would want to listen to this album and maybe create an art piece um, inspired by it. And then at the release show, we can do a little exhibit. Um, So at the release show, there'll be um, a table with some pieces made by local artists. I just got to see the first one yesterday and I freaked out. I thought it was so, (laughs) so cool just to see how someone else interpreted this song and like just to see a visual version of it um and so one of my biggest goals as a as an artist is community building and how can we reach across mediums artistic mediums and meet one another and uh, most of these people I didn't know I just asked for recommendations from my community and then use that to say you know I'm I'm trustworthy like come on in and Mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool evening of of community and celebration. Um, there will obviously be merch. Um, so I'm releasing the album on CD and vinyl. Um, OK, uh, so there'll be that. And then, um, yeah, maybe some surprise guests along the way.
1: Ooh. You never love-
2: know.
0: Everyone loves surprises. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is yeah, it's exciting. And an album release, right? Like that in itself as an artist is just exhilarating. And so add on top of that, you know, bringing in uh, just various aspects and things to kind of make it more than just a, hey, everybody come to this venue, uh, play the album, then you'll buy the album and we'll move on. You know, it's like you're kind of taking it uh, above and beyond that. I love that idea. So that's awesome. Looking forward to that. And we can just head to your website to get tickets, right? Yeah. There you go. Everyone run now. We'll take a brief pause so that you can head over and purchase (laughs) those tickets real quick. (laughs) Well, that'll be fun. Fantastic. So this is your second album. Mm -hmm. Um, First one. Was these foolish things released yeah. in 2020.
1: Yep.
0: At the height of every musician's musical career.
1: Yeah. 2020.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, tell us a little, you know, it's, I always say like, Oh, I don't want to talk about 2020 the year that was, yeah. you kind of always got to come back to it because I think, especially from a musician standpoint, um, like, like for me, uh, I was like, I've got to, figure something else out. And, uh, it's kind of where this came from is that like, I wanted to still connect with musician friends during that time. And so we would chat on like Instagram and I still wanted to play. So I do like Facebook lives, like everyone was doing. Right. Um, so 2020, these foolish things comes out. Um, and so what kind of, how did that come to, uh, what was the process there? And then what was your, I guess, reaction or, However, whatever, you know, word you want to descriptor you want to use uh, after releasing an LP in such a fun year.
2: Yeah, sure. So, the you know, I never I never really set out to be a recording artist. I'm not going to lie. The reason I made my first album was because um, I used to sing this big cabaret every year with a lot of artists. And I was the only one without merch. (laughs) (laughs) And my... um, my my dear friend pianist the ranger of the album uh who got who got me into making music in the first place said you know you'll you'd make a lot of money if you just had a had some merch for this cabaret Hmm. and i was like okay what a great reason to make a record (laughs) so um i I, so i did you know he helped me along the way i'd never really done anything like that before and what the timing of it was actually perfect so i recorded it all in 2019 I had just finished, just finished mastering it in, in like February, 2020. Like we were, it was like the right on the cusp and because of how things rolled out, I actually just like got a lot of attention because no one was releasing anything at that time. And so it was just like easy to get press. It was easy to get like every, I think people were just really invested. Um, around the same time I started doing like weekly, um, ukulele shows on facebook because yeah. i was super bored and so i started building this other community of people and then um i went to crooners and i i wanted to do, man did either i reached out to them or they reached out to me i don't remember but they they were like what if it was a drive in show so before mm. they had this outdoor tent um they just put up a tent in their parking lot and so i released okay. my first album um, and it was a drive-in show and it was so cute. It's actually one of my favorite memories because there was a little, um, you know, some little, uh, tables and chairs. Some people sat there, but most people drove up in their cars and took their camping chairs out and just sat there and listened.
0: That's so awesome.
2: It was so cute. It was so cute. Um, and so, and, and how cool, right. That they were so innovative enough. To yeah. have that ready to go, and I think it just made us like it just gave us a good performer-venue relationship. Is you know like that was good for them, it was good for me, mm-hmm.
3: uh, it,
2: and it's just so weird <laughs> that it. I don't know. It's just like a precious memory and a precious relationship. So yeah. Um. So yeah. A then core I core memory for sure. A core, a core memory for sure. And so yeah. I didn't really get to do any touring, um, or anything, but. I think a lot of people were obviously bored, so I think more people listened to it, um, and more people, you know, buy it for their friends, or it was something to talk oh, about, something to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, nice. it ended up working out.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just ignore it. <laughs> um, I and I, I, I love that. Uh, that is the one thing that you know everyone wants to talk about. You know, the COVID era of everything was shut down, and oh, we had to sit at home. Entertainment folks got so creative during that time. And uh, it there were some that, uh, you know, kind of lost the drive, Um, but majority just got super creative and uh, really took advantage of it. And and I think, too, as an artist, you're you're going so fast. I mean, you just mentioned like you're 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 booking like crazy. You're playing a bunch of shows uh all summer and that's how we go we just go 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 because you got to keep that momentum and 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 then for everyone to lose that momentum and to have time to just kind of sit down and be like well what can i do now and you know either it's it's more songs that come out uh or it's just a creative way you talked about the the ukulele so uh we're did you pick up the ukulele to learn or had you, were you already an avid player? And then you just kind of said, I'm going to change it up a little bit.
2: Um, I actually, I've played the ukulele for a long time. Long story short, when I moved here, I used to play the piano. I couldn't pack a piano in my car. So I just, when I, I just brought a ukulele that I bought randomly before I left and have been playing that for 10 ish years. Okay. Um, But I don't, I, my, honestly, my friend was like, what if you just played on live, like on Facebook live? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And so, so I did. And then people, again, people loved it so much. And it was really cute to see like my college buddy and my dad's college buddy. And like this random other person, like talk to each other (laughs) and, and, you know, share memories in the comments. And I just thought that was cool. And, um, and so I just started like taking requests and learning as, many songs as I could and, um, and just doing little, like one hour, 45 minute shows, um, just to, just to keep it interesting and, you know, feel more, more, feel more connections, um, and just keep myself like learning and growing.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you talk about community earlier, like that's another way of that Facebook live stuff was just a whole, that was a community and still is. I mean, it still can be. That's the other great thing too, is that it's not not everyone just dropped their computers and went to back to playing shows and bars. I mean, there's still live stuff. I yeah, you know, it's because I'm originally from Indiana and I don't get make, I don't get home that often. Um, because family and life. Uh, and so it's fun to just every now and then jump on and do that and get connected with friends across the country and and just kind of sometimes it's not even about the music it's just about you know chatting with people like you like you mentioned college friends talking with with uh family members or whatnot just chatting about oh i love this song back then or this is a great song and i remember this and etc it's uh it's it's pretty awesome
2: so and it's cool because if, if you one know... good
0: thing could come from it
2: when you play a live show, you know people are having those thoughts, but you don't mm-hmm. see them. So it's really cool yeah. to see, like, in real time, oh, this is what people are thinking when you're playing. Like,
3: yeah.
2: oh, it's kind of cool. I, yeah, I don't know. There's something neat about it.
0: Maybe we should start that with live shows. People, just, people have permission to just scream their thoughts out
2: no, in the middle oh of the gosh, show. Oh, my gosh, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't but, think
0: that would go over well, no. <laughs>
2: but it's kind of nice to know, you know, when people are spacing out or when their eyes are kind of glazed over, it's like they're, you know, they're, this is like connecting them to a memory or a part of themselves or, mm-hmm. so it's cool to think about it that, that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you um so now we're going to get into the good stuff, right? Um, You know, we've, we've talked a little bit about. Jazz and some of the songs you've liked. You've mentioned some of the various bands and artists and standards that we listen to. And, and then, uh, you've got the ukulele for 10 years, 10 ish years or so of playing that. You grew up playing piano. So now my ultimate question is, is how did you even get into music in the first place? Um, was it family, friends, or just watching TV? You know, what, uh, what started picking up an instrument? And mm. uh two part question here. What got you into jazz?
2: Mm, good questions, good questions. Um, I came out of the womb this way. Uh I'm one of those people that like when my family talks about their first memories of me, like my you know, meeting me when I was a, a kid, um, I just was already singing and very attention seeking. I'm a Leo. Uh so just there's some great home videos of me at, at three being like, "Watch me! I'm I can tap dance." And my brother's just in the corner like, "Please don't look at me."
3: Yeah, I'm so shy.
2: Um, so I just yeah, I just came out this way. Um, I've always loved music. I I am a millennial, so I I'm on that cusp of technology. So I grew up with a Walkman, mm-hmm. um, just a couple of cassettes. I'm also from a military family, so I moved around a yeah. lot. And so music was just my constant companion. Um, when I went to a new school, you know, I, I, you know, you're making friends, you're so young, and so I always just had music to come back to. Um, I grew up a lot on musical theater, okay. got my degree. I have a bachelor of music in musical theater specifically. Um, but, you know, jury's out on how I got into jazz. I really couldn't tell you. My my grandparents were more of a, a 50s, 60s pop. Mm -hmm. Um, which, which has some jazz influences, but, uh, the, the memory I have the most is a, is a two-sider bust of Frank Sinatra that I, you know, when all, when other kids were like singing Britney Spears in the mirror, I was singing Frank Sinatra in the mirror. (laughs) I don't know why it just sat sat with me. Um, and I've always loved it. It's never felt old to me. It's, you know, it's always felt. It's always felt current because of how I, of how I chose to listen to it. No one really forced me to listen to it. So, um, and then, you know, I, I loved it, but I never really thought about singing it. Um, But I was working as an actor in the twin cities um, met George, who I mentioned earlier, who convinced me to make my first record. Um, And he was the one that, that said, you know, have you ever thought about singing jazz professionally? And Mm -hmm like not really and he's like i think you should and so he just booked me on gigs and i uh really never took a lot of time to learn except at the gigs we just showed up and i sang i learned on the fly um there you, go. you know and i've i've grown so much from being you know from being the a singer to being a band leader which is how i consider myself now i i work with a couple musicians and they have been instrumental, pun intended. Um, and just helping me, that's so dumb. You can, you can edit that out. <laughs> no,
0: it's, a, it's, it's a great pun, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but they've been so instrumental in like pushing me further. So, um, you know, for as, as I was saying earlier, like calling tunes, right? So if you don't know, calling tunes mm-hmm. is um, setting the tempo for everyone. So I might, I might, if I want to swing it, I might go like one, two, one, two, three, four if I want to take it down, I might be like, one, like, you know, I could give it some different feels. Mm-hmm. And for a while I, I would not call a tune. I would say
3: mm.
2: piano, my piano player, Ted, um, drummer, his name is Ben. I'd say, well, you know, would you call this? Would you call this? And finally, I think it was Ted. He was like, you can do this. You can call this. And I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't. And he was like, no, you, you can, you can. And, and, you know, it's, like any skill, um, it's really scary to start that. And when you have adrenaline, you know, I would call tunes too fast, but he'd Mm -hmm. say, okay, hold on. Let's take it. You know, he was really like, they, they helped me so much. And, um, and now I'm super comfortable. I can call it how I want it. And, um, just more relaxed, you know, there's so much improvisation in jazz and, and every mistake's really an opportunity. So sometimes we'll take things in a fun way and, and we're so comfortable with each other now that we can just laugh about it or say like, oh, never done that ending before. And, but, it's, <laughs> but it's that it's that foundation, that connection that allows us to really play and and make something that's um, it's not static. It's not it's not rehearsed down to the letter. It's it's really open. So, yeah, just going from musical theater, which is very, you know, down to the second of precision yeah. to like really opening up and being comfortable on the unknown Um, it's taken me, you know, a solid six years to get there, but, um, Mm -hmm. but I love it. I love it so much.
0: It's like, once you get what, you know, it's, 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 uh, intimidating to jump off the deep end, Mm -hmm. but once you do, it's just, yeah, you, you kind of touched on it with the adrenaline. Uh, you never want to stop. Like it's, it's just so fun. It's, It's, um, Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's the joys of of music, Mm -hmm. quite frankly. So, uh, that's the best part of it. And that's why I, for one, cannot get enough. Um, just give me all the music and Mm -hmm. let me listen and just take it all in. So, except for some genres, there's, you know, I'm not there yet, but maybe, um, so I'll give it time. But, uh, so now what's, what's next? You've got, uh, The album's going to come out. Uh, You've got plenty of shows coming up. So are you using these shows as um, kind of getting ready for the album release show? Or are you hiding everything going, I'm not giving you any of the new album until July 22nd?
2: That's a great question. And you know what? I'll tell you, it's kind of a mix. So I have some shows coming up that have nothing to do with jazz. (laughs) okay (laughs) just thought um why not so um i i just love music and uh on the other side of the coin i love jazz but i also love folk so i have some folkier stuff coming up um Um. and then to be honest i i like to play the album stuff i mean some of these tunes we've been playing for a couple years um so they're not like secret by any means um but some you know some people they don't they don't know what they what they know, right? So at the farmers' market that I just played, we might play a couple of tunes off the record. No one knows that that's what they are,
3: yeah,
2: um, so sometimes I'm getting them back in my bones. um but i'm I'm really trying to save it like all my ticketed shows, my big shows, I'm saving all the record stuff for the release. and then once that okay. happens, um, we'll play those, you know, we'll integrate them more into our sets and then, um start, you know, working on some new arrangements and, and new stuff. Nice. Good.
0: Awesome. And so with the, uh, you know, there's the, the digital release. Yeah. Um, process now I'll call it a process. Mm -hmm. Are we going to get, are we going to get like one song a week and then the full album eventually, or is it full? (laughs) You know, (laughs) this is my controversial topic. No, it's fine. So
2: here's, here's how I'm planning to do it. I'm going to do, I'm going to release a single in a few weeks.
0: Okay.
2: I'm going to release a second single before the album release. Okay. Do the album release. That's going to be my local release, if you will. Then about a month later, I'm going to just put the whole thing out. Okay. I can't, I can't with the one a week. Yeah. And you know what? I know that's what you're supposed to do, but here's the thing. Like, jazz listeners are different like I'm I see a lot of people releasing stuff right now and they don't have physical copies Mm -hmm. and I'm like I've already sold like my first batch of physical copies um so I'm you know yes the digital stuff's important um it's also Mm -hmm. not where I make my money yeah so I'm not super invested in you know i guess what i'm not going to be a viral sensation <laughs> i already know that <laughs> you know the people that want to find me will find me but mm-hmm. i'm more i'm more interested in like on the ground you know playing in our community being a member of our local music community um i have this dream of like analog marketing which is the oh. opposite of digital marketing yeah. i coined that term i think um i have no idea i've never looked it up i guess but like what does it mean to like put up posters in today's world and like connect with people face to face or call up mm-hmm. venues and say like hey you know I I'd love to play here here's kind of my thing um as opposed to the digital world to me just feels very saturated mm-hmm. and it's just not where my heart is at all. And I I understand it has to be there a little bit. It's part it's part of the game. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um It's just, it's the part of music making that I, that I dislike.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, we, we have clearly grown up in the same era of music because I love a good old poster. Mm. Um, and just, uh, word of street promotion and boots on the ground type deal. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of where like play a lot of those anymore. Um. For several reasons, but one of them is, is it's you seem to get um, undercut by, you know, oh, this guy's on has, you know, a th- hundred followers on TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and they're gonna play for fifty bucks,
3: mm-hmm. and it's
0: like interesting. Um, I don't have TikTok. I the only reason I have TikTok is to keep track of my children. Uh who apparently have TikTok, which I you know I wasn't aware of. So uh that's another conversation. <laughs> that's wow. on the other podcast.
2: <laughs> i so wow. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, my wow. my twelve year old has TikTok. And so I no. got TikTok to monitor yep. her. Um uh, yes. I'm essentially watching her. Uh that's the only reason I have it. But um, anyways I digress. It's I, I love uh, physical copies as well. And and I, I, I asked you about the digital release just because it is, I, I generally ask everyone about it because it can be a trigger. I do not like the whole, like, this song this week, and this is track eight, then we're going to release track two, and then we're going to release track five. Yeah. Yeah what i don't like about that is every album to me tells a story no matter what yeah. the genre the story start the track 1 is the beginning of the story track 10 11 12 20 eight, whatever is the end of the story and i want to hear the story from start to finish
3: yeah
0: um and so like jason isbell's just been doing this he he just released the full album i have not listened to a single song on it yet because i want to hear the story start to finish um yeah and i think that's just the way to do it from a digital but also I love having a vinyl in my hand. Me too. And I am adamant that vinyl is the only way to listen to music. Yeah.
2: It's the best. It's I'm so pumped to release it on vinyl. I haven't done that before. Um and I've always want, you know, I've always wanted to um Yeah. but I I there's just something there's an experience. Like I I I was talking to a friend recently and she was like I don't get the point of vinyl. And her husband and I were like, it's like eating a hamburger, like a fast food hamburger and like eating a a well-cooked steak, like Mm. the hamburger, you know, you got it. It was not expensive for you. Like, um, you could just sit, you know, now you have it. Whereas like when you sit down with a vinyl record, you know, there's that ritual of taking it out and putting it on. And, and not only is the sound quality completely different, but like you listen in a different way. Mm-hmm. I rarely stream something and then sit and listen to it.
3: Right.
0: You know,
2: I'm cleaning or I'm walking or, and that's great. It's great for that. But, you know, if I'm pulling out like a, a Joni Mitchell vinyl, I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it. And, um, and I, you know, I think our, our culture, not to get like too far on a tangent, but our culture really wants us to keep moving all the time, you know, always be productive, always. It's like, one of the biggest ways to combat that is just to sit and just to Mm -hmm. listen. And, you know, what does it mean to listen to music in a um, purposeful way?
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I am right there with you. And the. You don't really hear a song. Digitally, that makes sense because to your point, you're constantly moving. So if you're listening to something and you're, in your car you can't fully focus on it
3: mm-hmm.
0: or if you're like exercising or whatever um you you've always got one side of your brain's doing one thing and the other side's yeah. listening to the song and when you sit down i mean i've i'm in the process now of basically going through and buying old albums on vinyl just to you know my goal is a is a huge bookshelf to take up one side of the wall um, Like, we we talk about it all the time. We were just like, we're going to fill up a whole entire wall with just vinyl. And um, maybe one day we'll get there. It's a process. But going back and buying these albums, I'm listening to them. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm hearing different, like, things I haven't really heard before. And I'm like, that is, that's why this is the method that we should all listen to music.
2: Yeah. If, yes. And, and to that point, I was saying the other day. I was playing a gig and my speaker was being a little finicky and it was really bothering me. And I was saying to Ted, um, I, I, w- I miss when my ears weren't this attuned to sound like mm. going through the mixing mastering process where you're, it just, your ears are just different and you hear things differently. And so sometimes I'm envious people who just listen to digital music and are like, it's great. And I'm like, I want to feel that way too. <laughs> but, but, there's so much that you can, yeah, there's just so much that's compressed down and you can't get the full picture. And, you know, there's, there's space for everything, but. I love a good vinyl listen for sure. And I love, gosh, I love to go. The nice thing about being a jazz fan is, um, you know, you can get a lot of good stuff. Like I went recently to, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna remember the name of the record store, (laughs) but, um, I was like, oh, do you, do you guys have any Nancy Wilson? I love, you know, I love Nancy Wilson. Oh. And he was like, I will give you all of these records for a dollar. And I was like, that's that makes me yeah. so sad for Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Um, But happy for me. <laughs> I will take all of them.
0: Yeah, you um, struck gold.
2: And now I have like, you know, I just have this little collection up in my music office of records. You know, especially when you look at some of the 70s and 80s. Um, there's some there's some wild ones i have mm-hmm. a carmen McRae over there that's like all the theme of the album is birds and so each song is about birds i'm like why not <laughs> i'd love to hear this song absolutely this album yeah. about birds so
0: yeah we definitely go picking through i mean you can find it i i love the statement you feel feel bad for the artist uh because someone's just like take these please no. but it it is you're striking gold uh personally and and we do that all the time we just go through the bins I buy a lot of um well both my partner and I we buy based off of um like the album cover the album art uh or bottles of wine for example we have found some of the best wine by the label that's mm-hmm. it we're like that's an awesome label we're gonna buy that and drink that um uh, it's the same thing with records we'll just go through I love a good you know uh like a just a, a non-standard even even the vinyl you know yeah. um like i found a gold record once and i was like i'm just gonna buy this just because why
2: not yeah
0: i don't even think i'd listen to it uh, but i bought it because the record is it's gold and i'm yeah. like this is awesome this is so cool so and, um that's yeah. the joy of it yeah
1: and
2: that's why like too you know when you make a album like you you put a lot into the the uh audio aspects of it but then also the visuals are super important so i collaborated Mm -hmm. with like some like a photographer in town that i really love and then um uh i'm a big fan of turn 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 they're a they're a fan of town obsessed Mm -hmm. with them and i particularly love their album artwork so i reached out to adam levy and said who who does this who designs your artwork and so that's who designed my artwork nice um so that was really fun uh and and it, it makes a difference. It, mm-hmm. The visuals tell a story and they're the first thing that people it's the first connection they have, you know, if they don't know you and they're not coming to a release show all that all that stuff, you know, when you kind of branch out from that, it's like you want to you want to hug people and that's visuals are the way to do it. I mean, I certainly Absolutely. have bought albums based on the visuals and then you, sometimes it just captures you, you know.
0: Yeah. We eat with our eyes.
2: I hate that, but you're so, you're very right. I know. (laughs) Yeah. What a horrible saying. (laughs) I'm just thinking about that Pan's Labyrinth guy with like the eyes for
0: hands.
2: We eat with our eyes. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah, that's a good callback. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the, unfortunately, fortunately it's the reality though. Um, So yeah, the visual is, is important, but. Anyways, well, uh, I've taken up plenty of your time. And uh, we could definitely talk jazz. I I, I I, guess I do have one more question, because we didn't really get into this. Um, you mentioned, you know, kind of, you're not really sure how you got into jazz based off mm. of, you know, like your grandparents listen more to pop music. But I mean, you called out some of some of the artists that you listen to, are there any particular artists that you just you swear by, like, you know, if you're having a day, you're just like, I got to get home and grab this album by this person. Or is it just like, I'll just grab whatever.
2: No, never. I'll just grab whatever. That's okay. never. Sorry. Okay.
0: You have a go-to. No, yeah. <laughs> um, I, love that. I mean,
2: it's it's a, it's phases for me, right? Like I'll get okay. into a phase. Um, I, I swear by Melody Gardo. Um, okay. Melody Gardot is a contemporary jazz singer. Real quick, she has like a fascinating story. She was in a horrible accident And part of her recovery was music therapy. And then she became this like musical sensation and her she writes original jazz, um, but she's well not, but, and she does these like incredible rearrangements of songs. Um, I just, I die for everything that she does. Um, And then I know I've called out Nancy Wilson a lot today. I just like, I just want I don't know. I'm obsessed with her. Um, so she, uh, she's an album with cannonball Adderley that the first time I heard it, I just cried because I think in like the first 10 seconds, I just cried because it was so exquisite. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I love the greats. Like I love the, the biggies, like of course, right. We love, we love Ella Fitzgerald, worshiper forever, Frank Sinatra, yeah. but there's these these other folks that I feel like don't get enough love. um, And, and she's definitely one of them. Um, I also swear by Julie London. I'm just, I think Julie is so cool. Um, And her, her, the music surrounding a lot of her stuff is really sparse, which I think is exciting. You know, there's kind of like that big band sound with tons of instruments, but then there's that really like laid back, like maybe just a bass and drums, maybe just guitar, Um, that's, that's really cool in its own way.
0: I love it. Excellent. So now everyone's going to go listen Mm. because we, everyone that's listened to this, we've turned on to jazz.
2: Yes. They're all jazz fans now. (laughs) Welcome. The water's warm.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. Welcome to the world. (laughs) Um, well, Leslie, thank you so much for jumping on. Glad we could connect. This was, I, I, this was just a super fun chat and, uh, I've definitely been looking forward to this um uh, because i as i as i mentioned like we are a jazz family here we we do love it so um i we could probably sit and talk about several artists like i could bring up my phone and grab yeah. all the ones that i'm listening to and etc and and just uh share stories and whatnot um but i i will let you get back to your sunday uh thank you for the time and uh i appreciate it and a huge thanks to everyone for listening yeah Leslie, you've, you've got an account on. you've got instagram your website you've got a link tree in your instagram that'll yep. drive everyone to where they need to be particularly to the album release show on july 22nd at crooners for the release of your second album about last night go get tickets now kids just run and and scoop them all up <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well thank you again i appreciate it and um and yeah, looking forward to uh, to what's to come.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in to another episode of Music from the Couch, and uh, we will see you next time.
1: our paths lead so far apart i don't know when right now i don't care